Hello. Hey, Anna. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for pushing this back an hour. I do appreciate that. That's all right. No worries. I got to have dinner, (laughs) (laughs) which was a good thing. (laughs) How are you? Yeah, good, good. Nervous. (laughs) Okay. How can you be nervous? You've done this before. I know, and I was nervous that time too. (laughs) (laughs) What are you actually nervous about? Do you know what? I think mostly it's saying the wrong thing, saying something stupid. Because <laughs> I think. So hang on, you do workshops and you do like one-on-one mentoring sessions, and I've only done the one-to-ones. I've not done a proper workshop like with lots of people before. Oh, okay. Well, you must be shitting yourself about that. I. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do if you say something wrong there? I can't even go back and do an edit. I know. Well, do you know what? I think my worry today is that last time when we did the podcast, my clients weren't listening. I was talking to, you know, fellow photographers. And now if we're talking about the workshop, I'm talking to my clients. I guess so. Okay. So the photographers that you were talking to then might just be your clients today. Exactly. So now if I say anything stupid, (laughs) I'll put off potential clients rather than... (laughs) Do you even have these worries when you go to a wedding or is it just doing something like this? Different worries at a wedding. Some weddings I'm nervous, some I'm not for different reasons, mainly logistical reasons or, yeah, yeah, normally logistical. Like if they've got something big planned, I'm like, oh, my God, I worry until that big thing has happened. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have 100% confidence in you. Otherwise, I wouldn't pick you for this second trial run at the Photo Experiment podcast. (laughs) A photo experiment? What's the difference? Well, the first one was 100% concentrated on business and I'm still doing that. That's a a weekly podcast, just like last time, the Photo Biz X. And the suggestion was made to me that listeners want to hear some more about the photographers that I'm interviewing, their philosophy, their approach, maybe a bit more about the technical side, what makes them tick, that sort of thing. Ah, okay. So this isn't one so much about figures and numbers and marketing. It's more just about you. Okay, cool. You're going to be comfortable with that? (laughs) Yeah, unlike, unlike last time, I did prepare my figures and numbers. <laughs> well, you don't need them this time. You can just make stuff up. <laughs> so I don't even have a professional jingle ready yet. Oh, no. <laughs> it might be ready when this thing goes live. And the whole idea is the podcast is basically just the one hour or close to it without all the top and tail and all that sort of stuff. So we basically get into it and just see what we get. Right, cool. <laughs> so I'm as nervous as you. Oh no, because you do sort of wing the questions a little bit. A hundred percent. You know, you would laugh if you saw my notes. <laughs> Name is Anna. That's it. <laughs> no, I've got a bit more than that. I've got that I interviewed you back in a episode 117 of the other podcasts, the Photo Biz X podcast. If people want to listen, I've got down. Two questions, what drives you and what does success mean to you? And the other thing I've got written down is total fraud. What? (laughs) Total fraud. Oh, my God. (laughs) Are you scared? I'm really scared now. What drives me and and the other one's success? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The thing is I want to give good answers. And as a former writer, I'm used to preparing my answers perfectly and then editing and then making it all exactly right. Because I'm talking, I have to say what I think immediately and can't go back. So it's more difficult. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) We'll be fine. We'll be fine. I might have a bit of an intro. I'll introduce you and then we'll sort of, we'll just jump into this thing. Okay. How do you feel about leaving what we've just talked about in the podcast? (laughs) The whole thing. Why not? Let's give the listener an idea of the banter that goes on before we hit record. (laughs) You've already hit record. (laughs) Look, I can easily cut it out. It's not a problem, but I think it'd be fun. It would, yeah, okay, all right, all right. What have I said? Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I've got to try and wing an intro now. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, here we go. This is the Photo Experiment Podcast, brought to you by PhotoBiz X. Today's guest is Anna Puma. You would know her name if you are a regular listener to the Photo Biz X podcast because I interviewed Anna back in 117, episode 117. She was an absolute hit because she was reasonably new to photography back then. 
She only got into photography because her boyfriend at the time said she was pretty good at this travel photography thing and said that she should give wedding photography a try. So she booked into a wedding workshop, did that, and started her photography business as a wedding photographer. Coming from a copywriting background and a journalism background, the website straight away described her personality, her look, and the way she was going to approach weddings. And she seemed to attract the best clients right from the start. Since then, she's gone from strength to strength. She's delivering one-on-one mentor sessions. She has her very first own workshop set up and ready to run in the French Pyrenees of all places at the end of the year, which is pretty exciting. I'm stoked to have her back. Anna, welcome. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Was that all accurate? Yeah, I think so. You said then boyfriend. He's still still a uh, current boyfriend. Oh, I, <laughs> I thought you might have been married now. Oh, no, no, not yet. <laughs> so still your boyfriend and a keeper. Yes. Yeah, I think so. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I alluded to a couple of things in the intro there, which we're going to leave in for the listener to hear sort of what happens when we kick off these shows. And, you know, one of those things that I had written down was what drives you? What is it? What is it that makes you the photographer that you are? I guess I've always had this desire to work for myself and do my own thing. And I hated working in an office. I hated being told what to do. So I guess what drives me is the fact that I can do what I want, how I want to do it, and therefore thoroughly enjoy everything I do. So if I wasn't enjoying doing weddings, I wouldn't feel, you know, driven to sort of succeed in them. And so therefore I think enjoying what I do and making sure I always enjoy what I do will keep me, you know, being good at it and, uh, and always, always wanting to do it, I guess. Obviously, you're successful. You're going great. You're booking. How many weddings are you doing these days a year? I did 42 last year, which was a bit too many. I'm doing 34 this year. Okay. And I imagine, I'm guessing here, the profits were probably the same or higher than when you shot the 40 plus weddings? Yeah, I'd say higher, I think. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So things are going good. Yeah, very good. <laughs> so, I mean, does the money part of the business drive you? No, not really. No, I price myself a certain way because I want a certain type of couple. So I don't price myself because I know we should you know, do a business plan and this is how much I need to earn, therefore this is how much I charge. But for me, it's more psychological. So I put my prices up quite quickly because I wanted a certain kind of couple. Basically, my ideal couple is a couple who does not care how much I cost. And just wants to book me regardless. I had one couple who booked me last year who um, they emailed me and it was their date was the day before another big wedding I had. And I said to them, I'm, I'm sorry, I really, you know, I don't want to be too tired for this other wedding and the travel logistics. And it, I just can't do it. I really don't think I can do it. I'll recommend you to someone else. And they were like, oh, no, we really, really want you. So, you know, we'll change our date when you're free. And obviously, because I had said no, I didn't send them my pricing booklet and prices weren't on my website. And so I said, oh, yeah, these are all the dates I'm free over the summer. And they picked one and they started filling in the booking form. And then she emailed me and she goes, I've got to the bottom of the booking form where it says total cost. And I have no idea what to put in there. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, that was when I realized. That was when I thought, this is my ideal client. Someone who will fill in the booking form and change their date and not even know how much I cost. Like, that's the ideal client. What was the question? <laughs> well, I guess we started asking, you know, if it's the money that drives you. And you said, like, there's a psychological barrier. Is a psychological barrier there with you and you think you can't go above it? Or is it with the client? No, no, no. It's psychological with them. So I want them to feel like it's an investment into it. I want them to not care about the price. Uh, I feel like if I was cheap and I could book loads of weddings and people would book me because of my price. So I've priced myself higher. So people are like, well, we'll just find a way. We'll not have this or that at our wedding. We'll find a way to afford her. Okay. So why not double your prices again? <laughs> because I'd be more expensive than every single photographer in the world. Uh, okay. So what are your prices now? Like, What's the average sort of package that, that people book? I'm charging 2000 for a day. So that's like just before getting ready till just after first dance. Um, and 2500 for up until the end, so when the venue shuts. Okay, and that's British pounds. Yes, yeah. So I think Australian dollars is kind of double, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. No. Really, you could you could add another 50% on if you wanted to. Do you reckon? 
<laughs> this is going to fast turn into a business podcast, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Like... <laughs> well, okay, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you put them up 50%? Because at the moment, I think at this price, I'm still getting the couples that I want. I'm still getting DIY creative couples. I think if I was too expensive, I'd get the, oh, my parents are rich and therefore they're paying for everything and daddy's holding the wedding and a marquee in his garden. You know, I'd get those people who money isn't an object, therefore throw it at everything. I want to stay in a gap where... People still struggle to pay it and still are paying it themselves, but they can achieve it. So what's the difference to you, though, whether mummy and daddy are paying for it or the couple are? It's a different sort of... um, Some of my couples have had their parents pay for it, which is fair enough. It's just that attitude of, well, we can afford anything or our parents can afford anything. So therefore, you know, just get the most expensive of everything. I want to be chosen for me, not for, you know... We must have the most expensive of everything. So is this a middle child syndrome thing where, you know, you weren't popular and want people to pick you now? (laughs) Choose me. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm the oldest child. I just want the right couples, really. I mean, I don't want to have loads and loads of weddings. I just want 100% the right couples. So do you say no to clients? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. If you think they're not a good fit. Exactly. Like if their initial contact doesn't have you know, any sort of enthusiasm for their own wedding or if they don't tell me anything personal about them because I ask for personal things on the contact form for a reason. And if they don't give me any of that, then I want to be interested in them and who they are and I want them to be interested in, you know, themselves and their wedding and I want them to be enthusiastic and, you know, I don't want someone, if someone just says to me, oh, we're looking for a photographer, what your price is? Like, am I just, a, you know, something to tick on your list? I want to be, I want the email, as they do, to say... Oh my God, we've been, you know, stalking you since before we were engaged and we love your work and it's got to be you and all this. So yeah, who I get is much more important than, you know, just making money or whatever. It's, it's about enjoying it. Okay. Is there any parts of the job that you're doing now, you know, including the post-processing and the marketing and looking after your website, is there anything that you don't enjoy? I outsource my editing in the summer. Not because I don't enjoy it so much as it kind of piles up. <laughs> <laughs> but culling, I don't really enjoy because I take a lot of photos. <laughs> How many? Well, my last wedding I took 6,000, but they did book me until the end of the night. So probably on average about 4,000 between three and four. What do you deliver? About 800. Oh, wow. So you have to cull pretty hard. That's yeah. going to be pretty time intensive. Yeah. A lot of the photos are similar because I do sort of burst it a lot because I want to get the exact right moment. I don't want to miss them. I don't want to look through the photos and be like, damn, that, you know, brilliant photo is blurry or it's, they're blinking and it would have been amazing. I want to definitely get that, that perfect photo. So I will shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot for that. In, in that one moment that's good that I want to capture, I'll shoot a lot of it. Yeah, right. So are you actually shooting in continuous shooting mode on the camera? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you're shooting like a sports photographer. Well, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the whole sort of spray and pray thing. I'm not just trying to. I'm standing, I'm watching, I'm listening, I'm observing, and I'm waiting for that exact moment. And when it happens, I burst it, yeah. Okay. So when you get home and you've got these 4,000 to 6,000 images, is it into photo mechanic and then start editing or start culling? Yeah, I do a sneak peek first. I do my blog first. So I go through and choose those. But Is that your cat? (laughs) Yes, that's Kirby. (laughs) How many cats do you have? Two. Have you fed them tonight? I have. It's the morning actually over here. Yeah. They had breakfast like two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you have cats because of your website and your Instagram feed. There's cats everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it looks to me like you don't separate, you know, your personal life from your wedding photography life on social media or on your website. It all fits together. Exactly. And that's on purpose. I mean, I know a lot of people have separated their Instagrams into two accounts now, business and personal. But for me... My wedding photos and everything I do with weddings is so personal. It's so down to who the couple is. It's so down to who I am that mixing the two is really important to me. Like I want potential couples to see my personal photos and to, you know, feel some sort of, what's the word? I don't know, just to sort of get it and be like, oh, yeah, we love this and that too. You know, it's not just about, oh, she takes nice photos, therefore we'll book her. It's it's more about we really think we're going to get on with her and we want her at our wedding. So, yeah, I keep them together. So are you still strategic with what you're putting up there? Like, will you happily take a photo and just post it if you like it? Or are you giving it a second thought to how it might affect the business or how it might be seen? Do you mean the personal ones or the businessy ones? More the personal ones. 
Yeah, there's some photos that I just put on my personal Facebook page instead of Instagram. Things like, you know, updates on how my veggie garden's going and stuff that's not really like <laughs> photographically beautiful. But, you know, I think you know, my friends and family are interested in seeing that. But I don't think people on Instagram are so interested in seeing that. So I do sort of curate it in that way. Yeah, sure. With your pricing where you are now, and you, know, you said it's the fun aspect of running your own business that excites you and drives you. Do you feel comfortable where your prices are or do you feel nervous? Oh, yeah. You feel comfortable? Yeah, yeah. I've booked tons of weddings at the prices I'm at, so I'm, I'm comfortable, yeah. Okay, do you feel like you're too comfortable? Nah, no, no. Because, <laughs> I mean, I feel like if I halved my prices, I'd get inquiries every five minutes because, you know, it's cheap, but I'd get the wrong inquiries. So as it is, every inquiry that I get, it's not masses, but they're all right. So I'm completely happy with, yeah, I'm comfortable, yeah. And how many times if ever, do you meet your couples before the wedding day? Not many, actually. I've moved house now, so I'm quite far away from everything. <laughs> but not many. I Skype a lot. Because I figure, apart from, like, crappy internet connection sometimes, it's the same as meeting, you know. Like, yeah, I don't really sort of show albums and that sort of thing. It's normally just a, an informal chat when we meet anyway, so. Okay, and do you have a structure to that chat, or is it really just? No. Really? <laughs> yeah. So just try and get them to talk? Yeah, one time I actually did meet up with a couple. I think we were there for about, we were there for an entire afternoon chatting, the whole afternoon. It started to get dark and cold. And at the end of it, we were like, we've not talked about weddings. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. So it's, it's very informal. It's just for me, again, it's so important that we are right for each other personally, because I'm quite, um, I'm not hidden at wedding. I don't hide myself away. So it's important that they do actually like who I am <laughs> and want me there. So, yeah, it's, there's no structure. It's just do we get on. So I want to ask you about the actual wedding day in a little bit more detail. But when you're there at the wedding, do you feel like a guest? Yes. Yeah, it's very important that I am basically a guest. <laughs> okay. So are you sitting at the tables with guests at the reception? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What, do you ask for that or that's just an assumption? Yeah, I suggest it to them. So in my booking form, I say, you know, I really appreciate appreciate getting hot meal because it's a long day and I need the energy and you know I don't want to get hangry or whatever <laughs> and I give them four options one of them is uh let me look it up I'll tell you exactly what it is because like I'll misquote myself otherwise so I've got this booking form where I ask that and then again I send them a form a couple of months before their wedding which has other questions but also are you going to feed me again so I say it twice um, so I say to them, my couples usually sit me on a table with guests so I don't miss anything and also because I like to get to know everyone. And then I've put four options. We've included you in the headcount, you're one of us. So that sort of reinforces the, you know, we're basically mates, I'm going to act like a guest and that's how I work. Another one that's complicated, we'll speak to the venue. Another one, we understand you may need to leave the premises to eat and we'll risk missing coverage. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you no one ticks that one. No one. See, when I first did it, I just put, you know, just find your own food or something like that. And, they, and some people ticked it. I was like, mm, I need to tell them why it's not a good idea. Um, another one is just that I'm not staying all day, so they don't need to feed me. But yeah, everyone says I'm in the, on the guest list in the head count. And uh, yeah, because it's reinforcing a whole thing that I've always said to them is that I'm a guest. I will chat to guests. I will get right in there because I want the inside track at the wedding. You know, I don't want to sort of be an observer. They're seeing the wedding through my eyes. <laughs> Not through theirs in the photos. You're even laughing as you say that. <laughs> it sounds really, really stupid. <laughs> but basically, it's responsibility to tell the story of their wedding, but I can only do it through my own eyes. So if I am as close to the couple and their guest as possible, then it should show the wedding in the way that they saw it and felt it too. For sure. So do you adjust or change what you're going to be wearing to the wedding you know, based on what the client's going to be having as their dress code on the wedding day? Nah, my couples aren't really very formal. Okay. <laughs> you just have your standard outfit you wear that? I do, yeah. And do you know what? It's not, it's smartish. My shoes, I wear skate shoes because every other pair of shoes I wear are just uncomfortable. And I, I've worked out that wearing these skate shoes, even though they're not the smartest, I can keep going until the very end of the night and still be 100% high energy. Nice. Okay. And then are you in slacks or a dress? I wear just like legging trousers. I think they call them... Jeggings. Um, <laughs> Did you say jeggings? Jeggings. They call them jeggings. But I wear nice, smart jeggings um, and a nice top in the winter. And I've got a, a knee-length dress that I wear in the summer. Okay, cool. And so are you one of these photographers dressed all in black? Nah. 
And now my dress is black with a pattern on it, but I wear sort of blue trousers, white top, mostly. And do you know what? I tend to fit in with every single dress code because they're all navy blue and white is quite a standard thing at weddings. Um, I wouldn't wear something bright. No, I wouldn't wear like, you know, dazzling colours. Yeah, sure. So you still want to be able to blend in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't want to be in the back of people's photos and be like the beacon. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bride's, so who was it? The groom's mother wearing bright yellow, a bright yellow dress to a wedding a couple of years ago. And she stood out more than the bride in that dress. That's it. It's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> uh, anyone that saw that album thought that, yeah, there was some issues going on there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's terrible. <laughs> so do you photograph the groom and the groomsmen getting ready before the ceremony? Nah, not normally. I stay with the bride. I do a lot of same-sex weddings, actually, and they often get ready together. But no, I tend to try to get to the venue early so I can shoot the groom, you know, looking nervous or whatever. But I find guys just get ready in a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're done. That's it. Okay. So you go to the bride at the bride's home, yeah. wherever she's getting ready, and then meet the guys before the ceremony a little bit early. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so talk to me about that feeling when you, you turn up at the bride's home. It could be your very last wedding that you did or even, you know, more general than that. But you turn up, you've parked out the front. Is there butterflies? Is there nerves? Or is it just, let's get in there? What are you feeling? A bit of both, I suppose. If I wasn't feeling a little bit of nerves before a wedding, then I think, you know, nerves come with excitement, I think. Anticipation. You know. What would you be nervous about? Nailing it. I want to nail every wedding. <laughs> I'm nervous. I feel like every morning I, you know, wake up for the wedding and I'm like, I really, really want to come home and go through my photos and be like, yes, I nailed this. So I guess that's the the nerves, I suppose. But normally when I turn up at a sort of prep location, I'm greeted by a whole bunch of really happy people who are like, oh, yeah, you're here. Come in. Have a drink. What do you want? Have a cup of tea. Like, join us. Sit down. Who's this? The girls or the mums? Yeah, the girls. Everyone, really. Mainly the bridesmaids. I love it when they're like that. They're just so friendly. And it's like they, you know, I'm just one of the bridesmaids. And, you know, now that I'm there, it's all complete. Everybody's there. And, you know, it's so lovely. And that sets the right vibe for me for the day. Like I feel instantly comfortable. Why do you get that sort of welcome? Because I mean, these girls don't really know you. You've just knocked on the door and said, hey, I'm Anna. I'm the <laughs> photographer. I guess it's partly because often the couple will show their friends my website um, beforehand and they'll sort of know who I am a little bit and what kind of photos to expect from me. So they know it's going to be a bit fun. Um, but also, when they answer the door, I'm like, hey, oh my God, are you excited? <laughs> so like, and it's genuine. I'm not making it up. I'm genuinely like, let's do this. So, <laughs> okay, so they're feeding off you straight away. Yeah. I think by the time I get to the prep, it's, there's always a bit of a lull in the getting ready where people are like, mm, you know, we've been here for a few hours and we're just sort of sitting around having a cup of tea. So I inject a new sort of enthusiasm for the day ahead, I suppose. Awesome. Okay, so you get there, you know, you get your cup of tea. You've been welcome. <laughs> <laughs> What do you got in the camera bag and what are you getting ready to start shooting with? Um, often at that point, I'll leave my bag in the car or I'll have dropped it off at the venue or something and left it there and I'll just have my two cameras on my, uh, what's it called, spider holster thing um, and I'll have a 35-85 and a lot of the time I won't do anything for a bit. I'll sort of sit and have a cup of tea and a chat just to you know, get them used to my presence and when I feel like the vibe is, you know, once the attention's off me and everyone's relaxed a bit, then I'll just start snapping slowly. Okay, so you've walked up the drive while you're up the drive with the spider holster, two SLRs hanging off your hips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you come in with a big loud hello and then a sit down for a cup of tea and just settle down, just really watch for a little while. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, unless like it's all go, go, go and everything's almost done, then I'll start shooting. But yeah, I just want to get, get an idea of the vibe in the room and how people are feeling and what's going on and, you know, get a feel for it first. Okay, and you've got the 35-85 prime lenses. Yeah. And you're shooting Canon, aren't you? No, Nikon. Oh, Nikon, sorry. Yeah. I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> not really. And, okay, it's pretty obvious you're a photographer. It's not like you're hiding in the background with like a little Fuji, for example. You know, you've got these spider holes to the two big SLRs. There's no mistaking you're the photographer there. So are you standing then in the background at the home? I know you're not at the reception. Are you just trying to be this documentary photographer or are you getting in there and organising people? Organising them in what way? Like telling them where to stand? Yeah, where to stand, what to do, where the light oh, is, which way you want them to face. Oh, God, no, no, no. I act like one of them, like I'm a bridesmaid. I won't tell them what to do. There's only one time I told a bride what to do, and that was when the makeup artist 
was doing the girl's makeup facing away from the window. Right, that's weird. Yeah, I know. It was completely dark on her face and completely backlit behind. And I was like, this, this looks terrible. And I said, because I think they were doing a bridesmaid at the time. And when it came to the bride's turn, I was like, do you mind before you sit down if we just turn the chair around just to face the window? I was like, come on, makeup 101. Wow, the makeup artist would be able to see better too. I know. It was so terrible. So that's the only time I've actually, you know, told them what to do a little bit but otherwise no I'll leave them I'll just you know shoot whatever's going on so it's 100% documentary at that stage it is yeah I try to do a bit of prep work in that I send a welcome booklet when they book and it's got all these ways to make your photography better so it's get ready in a bright room uncluttered if possible at home is best because it's personal do you know what I mean so I, I sort of set the groundwork like a year before so they're thinking oh maybe we should get ready at home oh we better make sure that we do the makeup in the bright room and that sort of thing so they've kind of done it without really being told okay sure and why do you want them ready at home rather than say a hotel or somewhere fancy wow because homes are personal like they'll look back on their photos and be like oh that was our first home together 20 years ago do you remember that oh look at that terrible wallpaper we had and there's the cat in the background you know (laughs) awesome so you're not adjusting the house you're not taking pictures off the wall if they give the background a better look everything just stays as is yeah no no no. i don't even straighten pictures if they're wonky nah really (laughs) (laughs) nothing i do nothing at all like because that's how that's how it is that's how their home is cool okay let me ask you about the the success question do you consider yourself a success? Yeah, I think because I'm happy doing what I'm doing and I'm really enjoying it and therefore I think that's success really. Happiness. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get better than that, can you? Because you could be like earning, you know, millions and not be happy. Like what kind of life is that? So I think I'm working with all the people that I want to be working with, getting, you know, the right couples. I'm doing weddings that I'm really enjoying and I'm coming home feeling completely buzzed about every wedding and you know, that's it really. That's, that's success to me. Cool. I talk to you now and, and I hear like, you are successful. You know, you're booking all these weddings, you know, you're making great money. You love what <laughs> you do. I mean, that's got to be a part of it. It all adds up to a fantastic life. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's unreal. And <laughs> you know, when we we're planning to do this wedding and I asked you what's new, we we're having a chat on Skype and you said, Oh, look, I've got a, I've got a workshop. I've booked my first workshop. I think you said it was down in the Pyrenees. That's right. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then you said, you know, you're a bit worried about it. You feel like a total fraud. <laughs> Do you remember that? Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> So you tell me why you feel like that. I don't know. I guess, you know, probably anyone who speaks at a workshop or does a workshop would feel like that because, I mean, the whole workshop thing was completely organic. It's not like I was like, I want to earn more money and I'm bored of weddings. What else can I do? I know I'll do a workshop. It was, you know, so I guess I don't feel in the fraud, a fraud in that sense. It happened completely organic. You know, someone asked me, can I do a one-to-one with you? I was like, sure. Oh, okay. And that snowboard and I did loads of one-to-ones. And I thought, you know, why not just get all these people together and, and do it as a group? And so I guess I don't feel a fraud in the, that sense. But I guess it's because by the time I do the workshop, I would have been doing weddings for four years. And that's not that long, but I think it's a perfect amount of time, I suppose, because I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, using my experiences positively. And I guess I've got enough experience by then, what well, and now, I think, to yeah, share what I've learned. But I think, I think the whole fraud thing is every photographer feels that. Like turning up at a wedding, being paid to shoot someone's wedding, we all feel a little bit like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but we do. We do know what we're doing, but we feel down. Like with the workshop, my one-to-ones are amazing. I love them. And before every one, I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I'm doing. And during it, I'm like, boom, boom, boom. It's just, it goes amazingly. It's so great. And I think it's just beforehand, before you do anything, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I hear back to my one-to-one students and they're like, I've learned so much. And they show me their new websites and their new whatevers and the photos they've done. I'm like, oh my God, yes. Yes, you really like learn from stuff that I said. That's amazing. And then, yeah, the feeling of being a fraud goes away a little bit, but it's always before you do something, you're like, ooh, do I know? Yeah, (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs) And I didn't ask you to 
I guess, you know, to bring that out, that, that feeling or make you relive the feeling or make you feel like a fraud because I don't think you are. <laughs> I think, like you said, we all feel like that at some stage. I mean, yeah. I felt like that when I started this podcast. Like, who am I to oh. sit in my little house in Terrigal <laughs> in Australia and interview these photographers from around the world? Yeah. Know, who am I to do this? Exactly. But you've got all these listeners who love it and you think, okay, actually... Yeah, I'm doing something that I can do, Yeah, you know. That's exactly right. But you know what? My feeling of being a fraud or my fear was based around something in particular, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But I want to hear from you, though. Oh! <laughs> I'll share mine. I'll share mine if you share yours. Oh, what, my, the reason I felt like... Yeah, who were you worried about? Like, if you have that feeling of being a fraud or that fear, is it a fear of someone or something? I don't know, actually. I've not really thought about it. It's not really, there's no particular reason. It's just a sort of, maybe fraud is the wrong word. It's just sort of like, you know, do I know what I'm doing? Do I know what I'm talking about? But then as soon as you start, you're like, well, I do. I totally know what I'm talking about. I totally know what I'm doing. You turn up at a wedding, you're like, yes, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I've got this. I guess it's just a nervousness before doing anything. You just feel like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's definitely part of it. And I think for me personally, I don't know if this will ring true for you too. I think it was a fear of what my peers or other photographers would think. Yeah. That was what I was worried about. I guess. I suppose with the one-to-ones, it's very personal because I am having these photographers in my home. And, you know, often they're really good photographers. I look at their website. I'm like, damn, you're, you're producing some great work. Like, what are you doing here? But, you know, they come to me <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, they're going to think I'm an idiot. Like, they know what they're doing. Like, so my last student, she was so lovely. and She's doing really well. She's got great photos. But so I thought, you know, what can I tell her? What can I teach her? She came around and she goes, so I'm getting the wrong couples. I can't quite get these relaxed, fun, informal couples. What am I doing wrong? And I said, OK, let's have a look through your website. The first image on her website was a group photo. I was like, do you enjoy doing group photos? No, 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 I don't want, I don't like that sort of thing. I was like, well, why did you put this here? And she goes, well, because they're all laughing. I was like, but it's a group photo all the same. And it's the first photo on your website. She was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She did not see it. She had no idea that she had done that. Um, so now she's, you know, she's taking all the group photos off her website. Any photos that she doesn't, you know, want more of, she's taking off her website. And she just, you can't see the wood for the trees sometimes with your own work. And so... Yeah, I guess I felt like this fellow photographer, she's really good. Is she not going to think that I'm, you know, I have nothing to teach her? Well, you know, but in the end, it turned out that as an outside perspective, I could teach her something and I felt good about that. That's awesome. It's so simple sometimes to see from the outside looking in at someone else what they're doing and, yeah, yeah. and pick what's wrong. Yeah. That's fantastic. So do you even give a thought to what other photographers think? So let's say when you're planning to do this workshop in the Pyrenees. Yeah. Are you thinking to yourself at all, I wonder what so-and-so would think about this or someone that you respect or look up to if there's any photographers like that do they even come into your mind I guess a little bit it's the sort of thing because loads of people are doing workshops now and I like to think mine is different but you see people on like Facebook groups saying oh another workshop another photographer is doing another workshop you know and I think oh god I'm doing another work I'm one of those people oh my god what if they see my workshop website and I'm like another one but (laughs) Then I tell myself, no, mine's different. It's got a completely different purpose to all those ones that they're talking about. I'm not a terrible photographer. I am good. I can teach people stuff. I have got things to share, you know. So I I have to sort of turn it around and go, they're not talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) They're talking about, you know, people who really, really can't take photos but are like, well, no one's booking me for a wedding, so I might as well just try to teach photographers instead. And those people, they do workshops and, you know, they do mega cheap workshops too. And again, I'm trying to sort of not price it for that sort of thing as well. And yeah, I guess <laughs> I've forgotten the question again. I've rambled again, haven't I? No, 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 not at all. No, you totally get what you're saying there. So when you were thinking about the idea of putting this workshop together, and I think this would be a feeling that a photographer would have if they're even you know, thinking about putting their prices up or introducing a new package or changing their style or the genre they shoot. Did you have second thoughts about even putting this thing on? No, do you know what? The way that I work in my general life is I don't really do second thoughts. Really? So the idea comes into your head and you think, I'm doing it? I just do it. I do it. I don't consider it. Like, I bought a house in September and I was just like, hey, let's buy a house. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just take that one. And 
I just go full steam ahead. I don't think, oh, but what if this? What if that? Oh, let's weigh the options. Like the smaller the thing I do in life, the more I think about it. If I'm going to buy something on Amazon for two quid, I think about it for a week. But, <laughs> <laughs> but big things like the workshop, I didn't even look back. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do a workshop. Website, done. You know, all this, like I didn't even, you know. Just get in and do it. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever had any bad repercussions because of that or bad experiences because of the way you do that? I don't think so. Not really, no. I think jumping right into stuff is not a bad way to do things, I think. I mean, I don't like not think about stuff. I consider how I'm going to do things and how to do it well, but I don't ever think maybe I shouldn't be doing this. If I have a gut feeling that something's right for me, then I'll go with that. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's awesome. So things are going awesome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so just before we move on from the workshops, when is this workshop on that you're putting together? It's in October from the 11th to 13th of October. Yeah, in the south of France. It's a converted mill that we're doing it in this big house. And then it's run by an English couple, which is great because I went to visit them to like check out the house and everything in March. And they totally got what I was doing. They thought it was just a photography workshop. You know, here's how to shoot in manual you know, all that stuff. And when I showed them my website and the sort of thing that I was going to be doing, they were like, oh my God, let us get involved. We can help with this and that. (laughs) They were really excited. How long is the workshop for if it's down in the south of France? Yeah, it's three whole days. So people will come on a Monday to go on a Friday. And stay on the property? Yes, everyone's staying together. Oh, wow, that's cool. And how many people? 10 students. Oh, it's nice and small and intimate. Yeah, I wanted to keep it that way. I didn't want it to become a big, you know, like, you know, with the styled shoot and everything, it becomes a free-for-all if you have too many people and it becomes, you know. I like the idea of it being intimate. I want everyone to get to know each other well and to come away from it feeling like they've made some really good friends and that they all had a, a big part to play. Like, I don't want anyone to feel left behind or left out. You know, if we're all sort of, it's a cosy house that we're staying in. I want everyone to have a nice, fun, cosy time, you know. How did you even find this house? Just on Airbnb or something? Yeah, it was on Airbnb. I looked everywhere in Europe. (laughs) Everywhere you wanted to go for a holiday? Well, no, do you know what? It was the criteria. I had quite a tough criteria and this is the only one that really fitted everything. Well, I was only really looking on Airbnb, actually. There's probably other websites that have similar properties. But I was looking anywhere that was within a couple of hours from an airport that is cheap to fly to. Somewhere that had nice backdrops like mountains and things and lakes preferably as well. Somewhere that had a bit of woodland on the property because we have a styled shoot based around this woodland. Somewhere that had a separate bed for every person, a kitchen that we could use, a cosy lounge area, a big table we could all sit around. And somewhere just, yeah, somewhere nice and you know, warm maybe. And yeah, this house fit the bill perfectly. It sounds fantastic. I want to come. <laughs> come. <laughs> so where will people fly into Poe in the Pyrenees? Will they or, some, or Tarb, somewhere like that? Toulouse. Toulouse, okay, fantastic. Super cute to fight it, which is great. And is it business and shooting that you're teaching? Yeah, so I'll do a bit of, you know, my whole About Me page thing and I'll do, you know, things like how to book the right couples and SEO and blogging and everything. And also, yeah, so sort of posing or, you know, non-posing as I do and how to get adventurous couples and how to make them do adventurous things on the wedding day and you know how to see things more creatively all these sort of yeah quite a wide spectrum of things I'll be teaching yeah but it's mainly based around having fun and enjoying a job (laughs) because that's like to me that's like my whole business really so yeah that's my niche I guess nice so talk to me about the wedding day you know you're leaving the ceremony do you go and take your couples and the bridal party off to go and do a photo session somewhere yeah, not straight away because I like getting, because, you know, when you're doing Candid, sometimes it can be all, you know, enthusiasm and, oh, congratulations, and then it dies down a bit. So I don't want to miss that enthusiasm. So I'll let them get on with it and let people greet them and get loads of nice Candids then. And I'll do portraits when things lull a little bit. But I don't make a big deal of portraits. We just go for a little wonder and a chat and they like the time out. <laughs> yeah. So is that just the bride and groom or the whole bridal party? I do group photos. So, yeah, parents, bridesmaids and all that. They say which ones they want and we just do them. Um, but I do the couple's portrait just on our own. We just go off or not go off. You know, whatever they want to do, I'll, I'll sort of feel the vibe on the day. If they're feeling like, you know, we don't really want to go away for too long, then I'll just do a quick couple of, oh, here's some nice light. Let's take a quick snap. Here we go. You know, go back to the party. And then later on, or, you know, straight after I do the group photos, normally right before they go in for dinner because 
I don't like messing with the vibe of a wedding too much. I don't want to be like, right, everyone have group photos and now relax for half an hour. And now everyone go over dinner. <laughs> I'd rather it was like group photos and then, hey, everyone, or you know, one big group photo. And I'll go, so everyone, in for dinner, in you go. Like, rather than, I don't want to mess with the day and the, and the atmosphere. Okay, so when is it that you take the couple away? After they've said hello to everyone and after the group photo? It's different. It's different depending on the vibe of the wedding and what the couple want to do. I'll say to them, do you want to go do photos now of you two or do you want to get the groups out of the way? Like I schedule it in, but you can't really schedule that sort of thing too much. Because if I said to them, right, we're going to do group photos now. And they're like, well, we're kind of busy talking to our friends right now. You know, I won't make them do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I just sort of feel whatever the atmosphere is. So I do like to get them out of the way so I can just enjoy doing candids. But at the same time, I don't want to pull anyone away while they're enjoying what they're, what they're doing. Okay. So how long do you need to go and do those couple shots? I've taken 30 seconds before. <laughs> oh, get out. Really? <laughs> Yeah, they didn't want any couples photos. And I was like, guys, just you'll probably want one photo of yourselves, just the two of you looking nice, you know. And, and I found this sort of old rundown bus stop right outside the venue. And it was really cool. And I loved the photo. I took a couple of photos and that was it. And that was great. Sometimes we'll go, you know, it's like half an hour or something and just wander around and they can have their time out. And normally it's, it's very short. But sometimes we'll go out because I like doing a lot of OCF at night, being creative. So sometimes I'll pull them out later on be like oh there's some yeah there's rain or like I've got a cool idea let's try this thing and you know so maybe later on we'll do something a bit more creative yeah right then you head back into the reception and is that sort of time to relax and take it easy or is that like when the work continues on like full steam ahead for you yeah relax and take it easy in my head okay not not (laughs) physically in my head because I don't love doing group photos and my couples don't love having group photos done I quite enjoy portraits but group photos, I like to get them out of the way. I love doing candid. So that's what I mean by I can now relax and enjoy it because candids are my element. Okay. So talk to me about how you do that. So you've got your Canon camera. Uh, sorry, Nikon. your Nikons. Sorry, your Nikons. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I think you're a Canon shooter. So you've got your Nikons. Are you shooting off-camera flash, on-camera flash? What lens are you using here? How are you approaching the reception? So just what candids you mean? Yeah. Everyone hanging around. I don't use flash unless it's like ridiculously dark and orange in there. Yeah, I normally try to stay on a 35 and get close. I like the intimacy. You can tell, I think, on photos how close you actually are. You can sort of feel the vibe in the picture. It depends also if people are really, really aware of me still, like if they're like super sober and it's a quiet room and, <laughs> and you know, people are like, oh, photos, I'll maybe go on the 85 for a bit just to warm them up. <laughs> Very cool. But then... Yeah, then I sort of put the 35 on or even a 20 if it's a very small room and I'll kind of put myself into their group and join them and I'll chat and I'll have a laugh with them and I'll stand in their circle and then I'll start taking photos of them. So I've infiltrated. <laughs> so at this stage here, are you still wearing your um, your camera, what do you call it, the camera straps? The spider. Yeah, the spider yeah. holes. Yeah, you have? Yeah, yeah, all day. So you've still got the, both bodies on you, both lenses ready to go with either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And then if you're using flash on camera? Uh, I just bounce it off the ceiling, yeah. Okay, and you mentioned earlier that you're starting to shoot more and more gay couples. Yeah, I think when you get a couple in your portfolio, I think, yeah, sort of same-sex couples do like to see that, that, you, that you've done it and that you're okay with it. You know, like, I don't know, how can someone not be okay with it? <laughs> it's just mad. <laughs> but that's a concern and I think, it is you know, some photographers maybe are not okay with it I guess but I love it because I don't know I like doing like two girls because they tend to be quite laid-back fun weddings where they've both had a sort of creative input they're both sort of equal in how much they've done and they I don't know I just they're fun, <laughs> they're <a lot> of <laughs> fun. I don't know why but yeah so did you find you started booking more same-sex couples because you had something in your portfolio? Or did you change the wording then on your website or not? No, no, I think, I can't remember the first one I did, but yeah, as soon as it's in your portfolio, I think, yeah. So did you write a blog to attract more same-sex couples? Just as I normally do. I don't think I even wrote gay or same-sex or anything on the blog because I didn't want it to be about that. Like, for me, it's not like, ooh, I shot a lesbian wedding. It's just, it's two people that got married, you know, so I'm just, I'm not writing that. Because I feel like I'm making a point of it then. So they can, you know, they can see the blog post and see that it's two girls or two guys and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, she gets it. So I'm not making a big 
big deal of it. Like I got one of them blogged by I think Rock My Wedding or something and they wrote Same Sex Wedding, I think. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel weird. Yeah, right. So do they link back to your website then from there? Yeah. Right, because that's how more same-sex couples find you. I guess maybe, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just cover one more little topic before we finish off. Do you ever get any criticism like with your photography? Have you ever had someone say, you know, you're not a good photographer or they don't like something that you're doing? Well, uh, what, couples? Maybe other photographers, could be couples. I've not had other photographers say it, no, thankfully. I don't really invite it. You know, some people like post a blog post or a photo saying, I want constructive criticism and everyone lays into them. I don't really invite it because I don't feel like I need that, I guess. I've never really thought about it. But yeah, I had a couple not like their photos recently, but it turned out it was very specific reasons that were nothing to do with my photos. But like, it was upsetting when she first said, oh, we don't like our photos. I was like, I was distraught. And obviously I looked into it and wanted to find out why she didn't like them. It turned out it was nothing to do with me whatsoever. Thank God. <laughs> so did they tell you that via email or did they give you a call? No, via email. I think even Facebook Messenger of all things. Oh, man, it's even worse. I know. I don't even, yeah, it's ridiculous. And the wedding, it was a quiet wedding. There wasn't much atmosphere. And I think the way I shot it, I put atmosphere in. But maybe they were feeling like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what it was. But, yeah, the reasons they gave me were that, I hope they're not going to listen to this because <laughs> it's very specific reasons. <laughs> They won't listen to this. We'll whisper. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> there were a few things that she said, and one of them was that her parents had split up and her dad had remarried. And her mum her mum didn't really smile in any of the photos. And there was one photo that I got of her mum smiling, and it happened to be while she was having a chat with the bride's dad, her ex-husband. And it was the back of the dad's head, and the mum was facing towards the camera, smiling laughing it was such a beautiful photo and it was the only one of her smiling so I included it and she had a go at me for including it oh really how are you meant to know any better than that well I know I mean she's like oh I don't think my dad's new wife will be very happy with that I'm like I'm pretty sure your mum and dad have met before <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh. so these these sort of things that they complain about if you have a complaint you need to get to the bottom of it because it's normally nothing to do with the actual photography sure so when you got that facebook message and you know straight away you're worried yeah how do you respond do you respond on facebook messenger do you email do you call them yeah i just wrote back to on facebook oh really straight away yeah what did you say i suggested we have a phone chat but then i also said can you tell me exactly what's wrong because you just said i don't like my photos really unhappy i was like oh my god good cry <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> the worst message. But yeah, I said, what exactly is it? I need to know what it exactly is because I need to know how I can make this better. And then she said, um, like, so there was a thing with her mum and there was a thing I included one of her in her underwear getting ready. I was like, well, I'll just take it out of the gallery. Fine, you know. Wow. Is this because it's an online gallery and everyone can see it? It was only, only their guests would see them. But all she had to say was, oh, by the way, can you just get rid of that photo? And she didn't have to be like, what did you think you're doing, including this photo of me in my underwear? <laughs> I was like, you know, all it takes is me to delete it out of the gallery. It's not a big deal. And her other thing was that she had this horse that she hired, horse and carriage thing. And I took a million photos of these horses. And in one of the photos, I took a photo of just her, like a head and shoulders candid of her. The horse was behind her. She complained that I had chopped the horse's head off. I was like, that wasn't a photo of the horse. That was a photo of you. It happened to be behind you. Oh, my God. <laughs> And yeah, so I was worried after that. So some pretty simple things to get sorted. Yeah. But they always start with, we hate our photos. Yeah, man, that's scary. Yeah. You know, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago that, you know, you don't invite any criticism with other photographers. How do you feel about other photographers asking other photographers for critiquing? They never like it. Well, no, not never, sometimes. But often they're like, you know, People argue within themselves in a thread, in a conversation thread. They'll go, you know, oh, well, what do you guys think of this photo? Constructive criticism, please. And people will start, you know, saying the truth. And other people will comment going, she doesn't want to know that. You know, she doesn't want to know that this is bad. I'm like, well, she kind of did. And then the photographer's like, yeah, yeah, but I like it like that. So, you know, you're wrong. And I'm like, oh, God, you asked. You know, you're going to get various responses. You know, everything is very, very subjective. Some are going to like it, some are going to not. And if you're putting it out there, you're going to have to expect that some people are not going to like it. So who do you shoot for? Myself. <laughs> yeah, right. That's awesome. So you really do? 
Yeah, yeah. So I figure if you shoot for yourself and people book you because they like your photos, that means your job is easier because you just shoot the way you like to shoot rather than trying to make anyone else happy. You know, even like shooting for the client, I couldn't do that because it's not true to me. So therefore, if I always shoot true to myself, then people will book me because they like that. And therefore, I can keep on shooting true to myself. Like, <laughs> it sounds so easy when you say it like that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I guess. I mean, you can't shoot for yourself and just take terrible photos. <laughs> no. So when you're there on the day, you're not thinking, you know, I have to get this shot because a bride's probably going to want this or she's going to like this. You're going to just shoot what you see and what you think you like. Is that right? Basically, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll do a little bit of, you know, sometimes I think, you know, if they've made a big deal of something, like the flowers, like, oh, you know, we made the flowers ourselves. They're very important. They're very meaningful. Like my last wedding on Saturday, the bride's middle name was Rose and her new surname was Chrysanthemum in Japanese. And so they had the bouquet of that. So that was meaningful. Therefore, I shot a lot of the flowers because it was meaningful to them. Whereas maybe I wouldn't have shot so many of the flowers if it hadn't been. So yeah, I do obviously shoot for the client in a way, but not the whole thing. And how did you even find those sort of things out? Is that in one of your questionnaires? Yeah, we chat loads. I chat loads with my couples. I ask them, there's a notes section on the questions. I send them questions before, a couple of months before saying, you know, addresses and group photos and notes and what's important to you in your photography and, you know, who made this and that. So if I know that the mum made the cake, I will take loads of pictures of the cake. And often just in the notes section, they just, they normally say, you know, do your thing. We love your photos, but you know, the bridal party is the most important. They're the most important people to us. Um, so then I'll know who to focus on and, and then I'll shoot. In that sense, I'll shoot for them, but in my same style. Beautiful. <laughs> and it's been an absolute pleasure. I always have so much fun talking to you. And I know that I've put you through a couple <laughs> of squirmy moments. <laughs> Look, one thing I failed to ask you was the workshop. Is there a special URL for that if people are interested? Oh, yeah, there is. It's kickassphotographers.com. Nice. I love it. Kickassphotographers.com. Yeah, because me and you about the um, spelling of ass and how one way was rude and one way was not. <laughs> yes, because Linda, my wife, tells me that A-R-S-E is very rude but A-double-S is totally fine. Exactly, and it's A-double-S, kick-ass. <laughs> so you agree with Linda? I do, I do. <laughs> She's English or Scottish, right? Scottish, that's right, yeah. Well, I'm not going to tell her that you agree with her. <laughs> <laughs> She's totally right. And what about your website? Where do people go to check out your work? It's anapumaphotography.com. So Puma is P-U-M-E-R. Fantastic. And again, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think you've organised something very special for premium members of Photo Biz X, a bit of a how-to guide on creating the perfect About Me page for your website, which I'm going to make available to them. I don't know how yet, but I'll do that. So thanks very much for organising that. That's okay. And, you know, for me and the listener, we're wishing you every success, even though you don't need it because you are doing oh. amazingly well. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Photo Experiment Podcast with Andrew Helmich, brought to you by PhotoBizX, the podcast to help you build a successful portrait and wedding photography business. To learn more, head to photobizx.com.